Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Threatened or 
you know, somebody pulled a gun out because we already knew that several police cars were there. So we don't know what happened to the EMTs who got there first, but it wasn't until the second set of EMTs got there 30 minutes after that really responded to Mr. Nichols and they have been fired and arrested. Yes. Thank God for that. I mean, come on, you're an EMT. You have signed on to take care of people's health in the time of crisis and an emergency and they surely, you know, they surely did not do their job, so they didn't they didn't need to keep their job. They needed to be fired. And because they broke laws and Mr. Nichols was subsequently killed, you know, maybe you could have done something that could have helped him. That thirty minutes delay really could have been a costly one. We don't know. We don't know. All we do know is that every minute matters. And you weren't there. You weren't there for it, so you don't need a job. You don't need a job. Because they would have had to really, you know, come on, come on. Can you imagine the next set of news that said that any one of those officers killed an EMT because they were servicing someone who had been, you know, had gone through all of that stuff there? No, come on, come on, come on. Something you can do a little better than that. You could do a little better than that. Hmm, what else did Vivian talk about? Well, Vivian did talk about assistant principal in Rhode Island who sent out an email to over a thousand individuals asking for donations for students who were migrants who were smuggled illegally and their family back home, were, they were being threatened somehow. And uh, the Mexican cartel, can you imagine? Mm-mm-mm. The Mexican cartel is behind, you know, this uh, these, these, these threats that were going on to these people's families. And she was actually reprimanded. Well, she said, you know, you got to... Make sure you do all your research. You can't, you know, take something on your mind, on your heart, and now you are introducing this to many, many innocent people who get involved, and you ultimately really don't know what you're asking them to get involved with. Can you imagine that? An assistant principal? Oh, boy. Well, one of the big stories, the migrants who were downtown and, you know, they were at the Brooklyn Terminal. And, (laughs) you know, I don't know if we're going to talk about this today in another aspect, but, you know, they had gotten to the hotel and were told that there was no more room at the end (laughs) and got angry because they didn't want to go to Brooklyn's Red Hook facility 
because they wanted to be at the hotel. So they decided to actually protest. Yes, you heard me right. The migrants decided they were going to protest. Mm-hmm. Everybody got rights now. Everybody got a right for something here in the country of America. And, yes, they actually pitched their little tents and demanded that they be given, you know, accommodations that they felt were uh, humane. They felt that the location was inhumane that they were being sent to, and they were not going to have it. So they decided to camp out. Man, we couldn't even put our foot over across that, yeah, in another country. Yeah, we'd be all locked up. And you know what the sad part about it is? Neither could they. They couldn't uh, uh, behave like this in their own country. I don't care how bad that country is or how great that country is. Remember now, you're fleeing. You're fleeing from there. So you ain't pulling that nonsense that you do here over there. And uh, I'm mad. I still got some stuff to say about that. But we just might get a chance to talk about, you know, the next part later. Well, we, you know, that's how we spent our Wednesday with the icing on the cake called Faith Over Fear by our Pastor John. And it was a wild Wednesday. Yes, it was. Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday. Today we get to talk about our health, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, any kind of health that we, you know, that's on the table at the time. We're going to talk about it today. And I got a segment that I thought of last night because when I got finished reading, or not even when I got finished reading, when I was actually reading the article, this was just too much, too much. So go get some popcorn, honey. Because you're going to need it today. But not before you go get that healthy breakfast. Not before you go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure you don't go anywhere. Because we will be right back. I'm so sorry to tell you. You have cancer. Radiotherapy can be your cure, but we might have caught it too late. We have no cancer treatment in our country. A cancer diagnosis in a poor country can spell a death sentence. Health systems are overburdened without the screening and treatment that could save millions of lives. Many countries lack even a single radiotherapy machine, yet cancer is becoming an epidemic, killing more people worldwide than AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria combined. Two-year-old Given got his treatment late, but just in time. This radiotherapy machine provided by the IAEA saved his life, but not his eyes. For this young mother in Haiti, hope is all she has. With no treatment in the country to wipe out her cancer, 
Her doctor resorts to surgery. Find out how you can help the IAEA and its partners build the cancer care system these people deserve.
for a whopping $2.29 cents per pound. You can get a whole lot of pesticides in your system. <laughs> All right, tomatoes. Tomatoes, they also can contain many pesticides. And they say that the skin is so thin that sometimes washing and peeling them may not be enough to get rid of the chemicals. So if you have a choice, they say it's better to buy organic tomatoes. Okay? Now, they say with tomatoes, pesticides are not your only problem. They say tomatoes can be harmful to people who have digestive system problems. And they say that they contain a large amount of organic acid. So if you are a heartburn individual, you probably don't want to eat this. Okay? And you can get heartburn and pesticides for a whopping $1.89 per pound. Oh, my goodness gracious. Margarine. All right. Land O'Lakes. Imperial. Oh, brother. Fleischmann's. Country Croc. Yep. So they say that margarine started off as a cheaper substitute for butter. And it contains only a trace amount of cow's milk, and some brands have even completely eliminated any animal-based ingredients from their recipes. They say instead of the fat from cow's milk, margarine is made from different vegetable oils, and they say this leads to an alarming amount of trans fat, which can lead to a number of serious conditions such as diabetes, cancer, and heart disease. And you can get all of that for 2 to $4 per case. Well, I need to know where they're shopping because I can't tell you the last time without it being on super-duper sale, any of those brands were less than $5. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Mm. Raw cashews Raw cashews Planters Nut harvest Terrasol Superfoods They say That raw cashews Also known as tree nuts Are Usually sold In ro- uh, roasted form And for a very important reason, because when raw, they contain a very toxic resin called urushiol. And they say that mm, it causes urushiol, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, U-R-U-S-H-I-O-L dermatitis, which can cause inflammation. And they say this problem can become quite severe in some people. On top of that, eating raw cashews in large quantities can have a lethal consequence. They say don't worry, though. 
Most of the cashews you find in the stores have been roasted and can be safely consumed. But if you do stumble upon some raw cashews, make sure you do not eat it. And you can get that Eurasheol <laughs> for twelve ninety nine a pound. Yeah. Nuts are expensive. They are really expensive. You really got to be able to afford some nuts out here. Ready? Pork rinds. Well, we hope you're not eating the pork anyhow. But Rudolph Foods, Uts. I didn't even know Uts sold pork rinds. They are keto-friendly. And although they are keto-friendly, and they... And, oh, and they're also no carbs. So people would tend to go after it. They say, but it's no spinach or broccoli. <laughs> that pork rinds are high in saturated fat, sodium, and calories. And that's something that you have no business going after on a regular basis. And... They're saying that pork eating too many pork rinds can increase your risk of diabetes and heart disease. And you are paying 4 to $6 per bag for the diabetes and heart disease. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Caramel popcorn. Ah. Cracker Jacks, Fishers, Pop Secret. Ah, that's the caramel popcorn they're talking about. And they say it's tasty, but it is unhealthy. And they say that it should be consumed in real moderation because calories, sugars, fats, and sodium are all a part of this snack. And they say, worst of all, due to the high sugar content, this snack can also be addictive. Yes. So they're saying sugar affects our brain in the same way addictive drugs like cocaine affects our brain. And they say more... Uh, making it likely that you overeat caramel popcorn. And you can get caramel popcorn and become addicted, as people who become addicted to cocaine for 3 to $5 per bag. <laughs> All right. Oh, just kill me already. Potato chips. That's not why you need to kill me. You need to kill me because Lay's is at the top of the list. And anybody that knows Pastor Steph knows I need my yellow Lay's. So Lay's, Tostitos, Uts, those are the top uh, brands that they're bringing to our attention today. So they say potato chips have petroleum-based colorings. It's yellow. Starches preservatives, and saturated fat. They say, in addition, a serving of just 
1.11 pounds of potato chips provides 32% of the recommended daily value for sodium. So they say to make matters worse, French fries, which is a close cousin, also contains MSG, that's monosodium glutamate, a compound that enhances flavor but will leave you wanting to eat more and more. So that's why you can't eat just one. Well, I can tell you, ladies can be quite expensive. One bag could cost you five dollars. So that's why we go when it's like two for seven, two for eight, two for six. <laughs> so listen, we're doubling up on all of the saturated fat. <laughs> oh. All right. Flavored I'm sorry, fruit flavored cereal is next on our list. So what are we talking about here? Let's see. They're saying that fruit-flavored cereals are particularly attractive to children because of their, you know, little bright colors and stuff like that, Fruit Loops, Tricks, you know, all that good stuff. Oh, what's the big um, fruity pebbles that's like soup when you eat it? <laughs> but, of course, they're not healthy. And, you know, they they said, don't even worry about looking at the nutritional box on the box because it's just killing our kids. They say the amount of sugar can lead children and adults to develop obesity, diabetes, or high blood pressure. So, you know, make sure that you stay away from the fruit-flavored cereals. And I still don't know where they're shopping because they're saying that you can get diabetes, obesity, and high blood pressure for three sixty four a box. Well, when was that? Because it's always $5 a box or bag. All right, ready? Honey. Honey, honey, honey. Honey, honey, honey. Which is... the Honey has got to be the most expensive product in the store. It's got to be. It's got, it costs more than meat. It costs more than bread. It costs more than gold. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Y'all got to laugh at that one. Honey is just too expensive. Why is honey so expensive? I don't even care. Listen, they have had honey on very few, like, healthy lists. I don't even care. I don't even care. I don't even care. It just costs too much. Well, honey is great. It's high in antioxidants. It can help a sore throat. They say even heal cuts. It is a superfood, but it is incredibly high in sugar content. And they say this is why you must really absorb this in a great level of moderation. They say that cardiologists warn against consuming too much sugar. 
because it can lead to heart disease. But uh, they say that sugar ain't the only demon. So you want to think twice before adding that extra spoonful of nectar to your chamomile tea. And again, we talk about the dollar factor to honey. Let's just say you got to give your right arm to afford honey. Chocolate milk. Nestle is at the top of this list. True Moo. Fair Life are some of the brands that they're bringing up. They say chocolate milk, you know, is a favorite for children and adults. And it has a delicious level of calcium, vitamin D, and protein in it. But drinking a small amount every so often won't hurt you. But drinking it on high levels, yeah, high sugar beverage, it is. And it can increase your weight gain and certain chronic diseases. They say chocolate milk contains almost as much sugar as a cup of soda. And they say one cup has 25 grams of sugar and a whole lot of calories. So, hmm, that might be aiding in obesity in your house. And you can get it for three sixty nine a gallon. And I probably say that's still on the low end. I don't know where they shopping. Where are they shopping? Because I would love to see these particular items, these, you know, at these costs in my local store. All right, what are we talking about today? Hmm. So, let me see. I want to kind of save that one. talking about in the news. Well, this was a semi-cute, semi-cute story here. Uh, It was more amusing. Speaking of health, so there was a woman out in Idaho who was using the IUD. And remember now, the IUDs are no longer metal. Yes, they had to take those off the market probably about 20 years ago because that was giving women cancer, was ripping up some reproductive stuff in your system. And, yeah, they were really, come to find out that they were very harmful. So they now make them like plastic or like uh, flexible material. And she got pregnant while she had the IUD inside and they say that she took numerous tests to make sure that she was pregnant because again she's got this uh, (laughs) 99% effective IUD in her uterus and they say that come to find out that it had been misplaced in the uterus. And because of that, that's how she ended up getting pregnant. 
Well, she went full term with her pregnancy. I have no idea why they did not remove this IUD. And when they were helping her to deliver the baby, the baby came out perfectly through the birth canal, holding the IUD in his hand. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. I tell you, you can't make this stuff up. They literally have the baby with the IUD in his hand. And they said everybody came flooding in, all the nursing staff came flooding into the delivery room to see little old John with the IUD in his little fist. Amazing. Amazing. Well, for whatever the reason is, they didn't take it out. He said, all right, don't even worry about it. I'm already up in here. I got you. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. I really had, I was like, oh, no, I'm sharing this story. Talk about uh, health. Woo, baby. I'm still trying to figure out why they didn't go up there and take it out. Now, maybe because of where it was positioned in the uterus, they thought it would be maybe dangerous. I don't know. But I think you would love to see this picture of this baby. I mean, just holding it. And you know how babies have their little fists balled up tight? Mm-hmm. Here, Ma, here you go. Mm-mm. Pay me for the procedure the next time. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Well, I got a follow up, y'all. I have a follow up to the story. You you remember the story? Remember the story of the man, his wife, and the two children who were driving, and it the whole car went over the side of the of the cliff and nobody died and the car landed uh remember they say it flipped on the way down hitting um the side of the of the cliff but it ended up landing on all four wheels. Well, well, well. You know, remember we couldn't we didn't know whether this was an accident. We didn't know whether, you know, he intentionally did this or not. Well, they say when they was extracting wifey poo from the car, she was yelling, he intentionally drove the car over. Yes. She had that much strength to do that. And he was some California doctor. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was a, Seems like he was like kind of Indian or something like that, because I can't even pronounce this name. But some Darmesh, that's the name of the wife. No, no, no. I was don't. I was right. 
She's not, not the wife. That's the husband's name. Darmesh Patel. And when the paramedics got there, they were in awe of the fact that despite all this flipping and that, remember, it was like 250 feet down. Well, they was they were doing well. They were and they're all um, doing well. I mean, the wife is still in the hospital, and husband going to jail, and the babies, seven year old girl and a four year old boy. You really out of control. You're really out of control. You were taking the wife. This your seven year old and your four year old. We talked about this, and I think it was right before that surge of, you know, when we were talking about how, you know, the men were killing not just the wives, but they were killing up the whole family, that the children had to suffer. Yeah, yeah. That's the story. He intentionally, intentionally. Uh, took that car off the cliff, and they say that they had some type of surveillance footage. And they said that it didn't look like it was an accident. But, of course, you know, you can't never know. And they didn't have to do no investigating at all. I mean, they did some follow-up stuff, but then uh, uh, Wifey Pooh told it all. I know he wished she had died. Because he's going to jail. Yeah, well, he's already in jail. They've already arrested him and everything. But, yeah, I know he really wish he had died now that she's spilling all the beans that he did this intentionally. Oh, what else we talking about this morning? Because I got some big stories. I got some big stories today. All right, now. Oh, now check this out. They had this Christian mother who's suing the school because they forced her four-year-old to participate in this LGBT pride march. Now, this is in the UK and in London, to be more specific. So what happened was they, it was her son. And they they must have asked the parents, could they participate? And she said no. So she made an appointment to discuss this at the school. And the deputy head, that's what they call him, the principal, who was also the head teacher's daughter, showed up wearing a T-shirt with the phrase, why be sexist, racist, homophobic, or transphobic when you could just be quiet? That's what the shirt said. So she said she was shocked to see that. And come to find out what they did ultimately was she said they forced the child to celebrate pride, forced him to partake in a parade, a pride parade, and she said they thought that that was all that they had to hear. 
she said the school went buck wild, and they were so angry that any parent was annoyed about this that they decided to turn the whole school into one big LGBT-friendly school. She said books, flags, posters, other material promoting this lifestyle to its youngest pupils, and she's now suing (laughs) because after meeting with the school um, leadership about her son being involved, he was placed in a three-hour detention and segregated from his peers. So after that, she just took him out of the whole school altogether. And this is what happens. This is what happens. You asked for permission. Well, for what? When you were going to do whatever you wanted to do anyway. So she said the whole school looks like one big LGBT <laughs> compound. And she's suing. She's suing. She said, no, they just went too far. They just went too far. And, you know, do you really think you're going to win now that you didn't put the child in some type of corner and three-hour detention? You didn't segregate him from the other children? So I guess she was the mama who made the loudest noise because she said they said that there were other people who, remember now, because the parents got annoyed, they went book wild. Can you imagine the parents are are upset with your doing this at all and you retaliate by doing it to the ninth degree. All right. Okay. Let's see if we got one more little short. Oh. Oh. I thought this was crazy. I thought this one was crazy. Well, how many people on this broadcast does this affect? So Netflix says that they're going to now do some password crackdown. So, okay, let's make this long story short. So they are upset that you purchase Netflix and now you share it with everybody. <laughs> you share it. I don't think most people are just sharing it. I think that they, they probably pool, you know, money pool. And they're saying that what they're going to do is somehow mandate that it can o- your account can only be used within a certain parameter of your home. And it's going to be tied to your internet box somehow so it's going to have they're going to be looking for ip addresses and every router and things like that have this information and remember it's exclusive to your usage so if you go like for every 30 31 days they're going to run a trace and then start blocking any device that is being used that is not within the parameters of that router box. 
or that other thing. I can't think of the name of it. But you get what I'm saying. People are going buck wild. Now, here's the, here's the interesting part. This is split. This is a split feeling. Now, most people are feeling probably what you're feeling. And the, the reason why I say this is really interesting because Netflix already has you on lock. So regardless of which, you, they only got two different options. So you have one option like the one I have where you can only have two devices running at the same time. Because once it hits the third device, then you, once it hits the third device, it, 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 it tells you, you know, too many people are on already your other two devices. They say it works the same way if you increase and go into that second package, but you have a little more leeway. I think it's more device, like up to four devices. So everybody's, you know, pretty much, for the most part, in an uproar because they're saying, you already got me on lock. Now that means that I can't go. They're, they're really saying they have children in college, people who work, you know, let's say night jobs or day jobs or whatever, and they're watching Netflix or they're traveling and they're using their Netflix Netflix account. Why are you mandating that I use it from my home? That's the whole beauty of streaming and being mobile. You can actually use this anywhere you go. Well, no, it's going to be acting like your cable box because your cable box can't come about your house. Well, neither will the Netflix if they have their way. They have already, excuse me, they have already started this in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru. They're headed to the U.S. Yep, they are headed to the U.S. to crack down on Netflix usage. And as I was reading the comments, again, I say, you got this split where people are saying, well, you're stealing. You're pirating. Because if you don't have the actual um, account, then you're still for somebody giving you. But I don't agree with that. When I sign up for Netflix, I'm signing up for my, my, my plan has two devices. So regardless of who I give it to, I can only use two devices. So they're like, okay, so really quickly, they gave the example of, <laughs> somebody gave the example of when you are at home, if you had two homes, because people were saying, well, I have two homes, I have a vacation home, and I have this home, and if my primary box is at my normal, my, my you know, my full-time home, if I go away for a week or two, then you're going to shut me down because it's not coming from off my home box. Well, somebody gave the example. Well, when you have two homes, you still got to have two, let's say, gas lines, two phone lines, two, uh, let's say, electricity lines, two water lines. And they were like, go sit down somewhere. <laughs> Because it's not the same. And in, uh, in all honesty, no, it's not the same. Because Netflix 
Netflix is a streaming mobile app. You don't have a streaming mobile waterline or Connect or gas line. So go sit down somewhere, like they said. Yeah, and, and people were like, well, if you can own two homes, then what's the big deal? So what everybody is, is in an uproar about is because pretty much what it would mandate you do is buy two different packages. So for here, I would have to buy two packages um, because I have a daughter that lives this place and a daughter who works that place and, you know, I'm living here and because the daughter who's using it at the job is not bouncing off of the IP here at this router and the other daughter is someplace else so she ain't never going to bounce off this one and they were talking about, you know, kids who are in college you know, you, you buy a Netflix program for your children in college, you know, and they're like, well listen we're already paying college fees and things like that, and again, you've capped us at two boxes, two streaming devices at the same time. Two devices is maximum. I don't care if they're in Chile and you here in New York, or if they still, if we're still sitting right here in the same house. Only two of us can use Netflix and, and view Netflix at the same time. I would love to hear what the due time crew thinks about how does the don't even have Netflix, so we ain't even asking him. So we got to talk to him about the other stories. But, yeah, yeah, we got to hear from talkers. We got some other stuff that we got to talk about. Let's say good morning to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning. Happy Thursday. How are you today? I'm well, thank you, and seeing that you're getting the full effect, ha-ha, of being on a due time with Pastor Steph starting today. Uh, how you doing over there? Well, <clears throat> I'm mad. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm upset. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm at the point that I'm to the highest pisticity because you came for, the, for me this morning. We're talking about breakfast and food that you can eat and stuff and stuff. And I'm going, wait a minute. Don't be messing with my caramel popcorn. I don't eat it that much. But don't come for me this morning. I like my Jacks. I like my Orville Red and Baca. I like my Fruity Pebbles. Leave oh. me alone. <laughs> wow, they hitting you all over the place this morning. Yeah, and I'm not happy. Somebody got it. Somebody who can I pay to to get them to to rearrange that 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 uh that reading because uh i'm pretty yeah. sure that it's not right Plus, <laughs> the prices even if you go to walmart the, you know i'm like okay w- what store can you please lead me to where it is that you're going so that i can get a deal because I, I where where are they shopping please tell me yeah yeah these prices i'm looking at these prices i'm like yo walmart ain't even at these prices i don't know where they're shopping i have no idea and you know the i thought you i get was away- Say that again. Being real slick. I thought I was being real slick. They got this cereal now. It's called Very Berry Strawberry. It's a cereal, you know, and, okay. and I love it, you know. And and now you're talking about fruity cereal. Don't, don't come for me. I'm, you you told yeah. me to eat a, a healthy <laughs> breakfast, and everything I eat is on the list. <laughs> yeah, because well, it ain't healthy. 
Well, here's, here's, here's what I want to remind you of, and I said this on Monday, you know, in moderation, you know, in moderation. So eat one popcorn kernel today and eat another one next week, Thursday, and you're all right. You ain't got to worry about it. Kernel, see, if seriously. You, if you're doubling down <laughs> on the caramel popcorn or the very berry strawberry cereal, on the same day, girl, you done messed up now. Because now you headed to diabetes <laughs> country. So, you know, you're going to have to eat, you know, eat eat, uh, eat some uh, oatmeal up in there somehow to help to break the monotony of all that sugar. But um, in moderation, in moderation, break, just, just spread it out. Just spread it out. Just spread it out. I'm mad because all the margarines that I that I buy if I catch it on sale is on the list. I love Imperial. Exactly. That's my favorite. <laughs> like, yo, everything, Land Lakes, Country Croc, uh, Imperial. Yo, that's all the top brands that we buy. So I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to make this happen. Well, well, well. So you can talk about Either the baby born with the IUD in his fist, hell tight, y'all, hell tight. You can talk about the Christian mom who sues the school who went LGBT buck wild, or you could talk about Netflix. Which one are you talking about this morning? I'm going to talk about... Uh... Little baby, uh, I got a gift for you, Mom. Uh, <laughs> I happened to look at the picture. You know, it, it's kind of, you know, it's almost as if, you know, the baby came with a toy. You know, yep. it's literally in okay. his little fits, balled up like a little toy, you know. And I, I, I like you, I guess it might have been a safety precaution, and that was why they didn't go in and operate originally. You know, but it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, hey, mom, you ain't got to worry about that. You know, yep. your problem is yep. solved. I, I, I got you. You know, doctors yep. don't have to go back in there. And, I mean, it's literally placed as if somebody gave the baby. You know, like when you give the baby your finger or a little pacifier, the first thing they do is automatically grab. And it's literally placed strategically right in his little fist. Like, okay, I got you. You know, and I'm sure, you know, I, I would take pictures. And I, I, I said to myself, you know, what happens when he grows up? You know, if he hasn't decided, you know, as a, as an adult to be an OBGYN, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. This might be helping him make a decision. <laughs> I, am the small, I am the smallest doctor who has ever gone in and taken out an IUD. Oh, right now. Go ahead, little Bruce. See what happens. Yeah, that was really funny when I saw that that picture. I cracked up because, like you said, it's it's like a little rattle in his hand. That's the way he's exactly. holding it, like so tight. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We got some stuff to talk about, girl. We got some stuff to talk about. So I got to move on. Bye. All right, let's talk to our Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor K.L. 
Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? I am well, Pastor Char- uh, Pastor Charlotte. <laughs> Pastor I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! I am doing well. Thank you. I am doing well. So I don't know when you joined us, but what story do you want to talk about? Um. I really didn't hear much. Um, yeah, I, I didn't hear much. What, what was your last story? The last story was Netflix, which it don't make no sense to talk to you about because you don't have Netflix, do you? Yeah, no, I got no Netflix. Nah, I, got no Netflix. I knew that was pointless. All right, so let's talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. let's talk about the. I want to give you one for your personality. Let me see. Let me see, let me see. All right, let's give you the one with the mom who sues the school because they have insisted that her four-year-old participate in the LGBT Pride March. When she complained and the other mothers complained, they went into overdrive. They, like, blew up the school with rainbow stuff, and they said that books, flags, posters, all the other reading material was exposed to the children in the school. She said that she had a meeting with the with the powers that be, and in response to her meeting, they put him in detention for three days. No, I'm sorry, three hours. Segregated him from his peers, and. She pulled him out of school altogether. Subsequently, that's the story. Yeah, that, that that's totally unacceptable. I mean, you're gonna make me participate in something that I don't believe in or I don't agree with, and then you're gonna put me in detention because I'm upset about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it was it was time to go. It was definitely definitely time to go. You know. That, that, that's like these churches who forces you to worship with a worship leader who, you know, is, is on the other side of the fence, if you will. No, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not staying in that church. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing that. You know, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with the mom. All right. Now, you didn't just brought up a church folk um, uh, segment. Mm. Let's see how we're going to hop on that one. You just started something now. You just started something. If it wasn't for the fact that I had this other story, I'd be messing around and trying to talk about that today. Yeah, you didn't just open up something. You didn't just open something up, Pastor KL. All righty. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Got to go because we got to talk, and Brother Al has joined us. So we got that fourth person on today. So let's talk to Shantice about the stories that she heard. Which one do you want to Shanti talk about this morning? Good morning. Good morning. Well, there's one main one I want to talk about, but I just wanted to ask a question real quick about this Netflix. Did you say anything about traveling? Yeah. So what happens when we travel? I don't know. So we won't have to take our route and everything with us when we travel? Absolutely. This is just the foolery. Right, well, I'm going to have to 
we don't have to have a meeting with the, the studio or Netflix or something. Well, this is one of the things that the, the, the comments, the heavy comments about the fact that, you know, what happens when we're traveling. Well, I'm going to be limited to travel a certain amount um, of time or distance or be away for a limited time because now you're limiting me as to the freedom of using my Netflix account. I ain't losing no money. But anyway, more importantly... I wanted to talk about this slow school. What happened to, okay, so the school is having something and my kids could sit in the library. What happened to those days? I remember that when I was in elementary, they would have the Halloween parade and all that. Um, if the parents did not want their child or their children to participate, they would have a teacher sitting in the library with those few students whose parents did not want them to participate in the parade. See, all the, this is why that community, this is how they always put themselves at a disadvantage. All of this sensitivity they act like, and they are the biggest set of bullies. How are you pushing and mandating that anyone, whether it be an adult that works there or a child, participate in this? If this is what you do, then do it and shut up. Why is it that now everybody has to be included? It, it's, oh, my God. So now you're, you're pushing this on to the child. And now when the parent, and it's funny because we just got finished talking to the kids about this last night. A child said something's going on in her school with the student. And I asked, did you tell your mother? And she said no. And I said, why, after we keep talking about the importance of making sure y'all position the the faculty and your parents to do what they're supposed to do. And he said, well, what was the point? I, I, don't, I don't see the point in telling my parents because other parents have been called for the same child, but yet he's still acting up. And I said, okay, well, maybe your mother would make the difference. Well, this is a situation where his mother, you know, made the difference, and it may not have seemed like it at first because they didn't put him in a corner by himself. But because she was adamant, now, not only did she make a difference for her child some way, but I'm pretty sure this will now have them on alert for other students after her, well, I'm sorry, well, other parents after her that come up and say, I don't want my child to have anything to do with this. But I, I just think it is so like, they, they just really put themselves at, when they try to have this woe with me moment as, as a community, it's like, please be quiet because all of this pushing and mandating and bullying, it's ridiculous. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, my, my question becomes, what happened to the curriculum? We don't teach math and language arts. Remember, remember um, Pastor K. L. used to call it language arts? Um, I know Brother Al remembers that. They, they don't teach that stuff anymore. Now we're teaching LGBT and all this other letter Come back, come back. I, well, what are we doing? Are you just rerouting the whole Pastor Seth, when it comes to that community, all that goes out the window. They don't care about none of that. All is I'm pushing this because this is what I'm a part of, and if anyone is sitting out, that means that I look different, and we are not about to have that. So now we're going to make sure everyone is included. That, that's what it's about. 
to override the parole board's decision. So they went to her and told her, listen, mom is dying, sister's dying, grandma dying. She She's no threat to anybody. She can hardly move. She's hardly breathing. She's hardly living. Please let her come home and spend her last days with us. You have the ability to overturn their decision. She said, Bob, I'm not overturning anything. And they said that they compared, they got angry and compared it to um, another couple of people or whatever, and um, they you overturned their pro, the parole board's decision, and she was like, they were not up for the same charges. They were not in jail for the reason this woman is in jail. So big grown 49-year-old um, son who has not been with mom since he was three, because that's how long mom been in jail, he's upset because he says, mom belongs to us. You didn't had her for 46 years. She's been without a family for 46 years. She belongs to us. Let her die at home. She has saved a lot of women's lives. She's been the pillar of the prison community. She's taught many women. She's blessed many women. Let her come home. So they say that he wants to reconnect with the mother that he never knew as a child. She wrote him letters from prison encouraging him to study, to stay strong, and she told him to remember that she loved him until death. And he says, I want much happiness and the good life. No, I'm sorry. She said, I want much happiness and good life for you. And, baby, things will get better for us with time in our favor for sure. She is what they're calling like a minister, a pastor, (laughs) up in the jail. And she has all of these women who she's helped in jail writing on her behalf, you know, pleading on her behalf. You know, women are saying that if it weren't for her, I'd be dead. Women are saying that if it weren't for her, I wouldn't have turned my life around. You got to let her out. You know, she didn't serve the time. She's done what, you know, what she should have done while she was in here. She didn't made a difference. Please let her out. All righty. Let's go back to why she's there. Let's go back to her case. So I'm sure at this point you've already had some time to say, you know what, I don't mind. You know, why, why won't you let her home? She's dying anyway. The cancer's in her brain and bones. Why let her die in a cold cell or in the infirmary? Well, this woman was convicted of first-degree murder following a 1976 jury trial 
and assault with intent to commit murder for her role in a group torture. She received life a life sentence with no parole for the murder conviction and 50 to 80 years for the assault They're saying That I want to give you the, 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 the I want to give you the Layout So they say On the 1st of July The parole board Denied her request For a medical com- com- Commutation because they're saying that in 1976 she was convicted of murder for fatally shooting a woman and another conviction that year for her role in the group torture of a woman who was tied up, stabbed, shot, and left for dead by the Detroit River. She injected the woman with a massive dose of heroin laced with bleach that night. And surprisingly, the woman survived. So they were like, because of the heinous uh, way she killed this woman. She needed to stay in jail, and they were not changing their minds. They say that the night this all happened, she and a group of friends tortured a 19-year-old woman in her, the woman who was, you know, convicted, east side home where the victim was bound by wires at their hands and feet, injected with the laced heroin, stabbed in the head with scissors, beaten with a belt, stuffed in the trunk of a red Cadillac, taken to the Detroit River in the Jefferson Chalmers neighborhood, where she was shot multiple times and left for dead. She, this all happened because this was payback for a previous attack on the woman who's been in jail, who had been tortured for three hours when she was 18 and believed that the woman who they did this to had something to do with that assault. So she said, they say that surprisingly this 19-year-old woman survived and described all of what they said happened, all of what I just said happened, they said that she shot the heroin in her hand and told another man to shoot her. After driving, after putting her in the Cadillac and driving her to this Michigan River, so they took her out, the, the woman in jail told another man to shoot her. And she, the 19-year-old, said, listen, if y'all going to shoot me, just lay me down. Don't be shooting me while I'm up. So 
They say he got on his hands and knees, cocked the pistol, and shot her in the neck. She said she really couldn't feel the pain because of all the dope that she had been given. And, and, and she heard someone say she's not dead yet. So the man shot her two more times in the arm and the elbow and left her at the river. So this was all done with the woman in jail giving the instructions. Two days later, after that happened with the 19-year-old girl, one of the women who was a participant to the the attempted murder and all of that to the 19-year-old, they found her bound by hands and feet at the woman who's in jail's request. They beat her with a belt and drove her in the Cadillac to the river. They then killed the woman, the participant of the, of the other crime, killed her in her bathroom, shot her nine times in her bathroom. The woman in jail is the one who, who, who murdered her. So, if that wasn't bad enough, they say while she's been in jail for this 46 years, she's received three misconducts in her 46 years behind the boss, one for refusing to leave the dining room when ordered, one for being late for work, and one for hitting an inmate in the back of her head with a padlock that she stuffed into a sock, which triggered a third felony conviction. So she got her third felony in jail. I got a question. Should she be allowed to come out? Or does the punishment fit the crime? Lady Tamika, you got first leg on this one. I was going to be first on that one. I just knew it. <laughs> um, my, I was more compassionate when I heard the story and, you know, um, her being uh, chained to a bed, that type of thing, and, and the port that type of situation and, and watching someone uh, personally go through that fight for cancer. That's, that's a rough thing to deal with, you know, just, just trying to, to be there. Um, but then when you started telling me all of the stuff that this lady has done, you know, and um, prior to you being bed bound, I guess you still, you know, hit somebody in the back of the head with a rock. Like, so we can't guarantee what um, God will allow to happen when you go home. You know, it, it's, there's a possibility that you could get better, and now you're out on the street again, you know, to possibly terrorize somebody else. You know, um, 
I'm concerned about her health. You know, it, 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 if that's the case, if you're going to keep her chained to a bed, then at least, you know, ensure that, you know, she, she's getting the, the, that the port is clean and that type of thing. But I, I, I don't visualize allowing her to go home. I, I, I just I, I just can't. You know, I probably would be the same way. You know, if you're talking about one situation, that's one. But you can't always compare the same situation because, you know, you willingly, you purposely, you were the ringleader. It wasn't like somebody told you to do it. Like when, when we were talking about the gentleman who shot her, who shoots somebody in the elbow? It, 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 it might have been one of those things that, you know, I'm intimidated by you, so let me just shoot her in the elbow. You know, and you literally said she's not dead yet. That's that's really malicious. You know, you intentionally wanted to torture her. You stabbed the woman in the head with with a pair of scissors. You know, and I thank God that she lived, but the torture that she had to go through. Um, I, I'm not so compassionate about you know releasing her. I, I'm just being honest. You know, I understand that you're having a hard time, but all of this was brought about because you created a crime. Had you not done the crime, then you wouldn't have to do the time. All righty, all righty. Oh, Pastor KL, what say you? Does the punishment fit the crime, or should she be allowed to spend her last uh, few days, few weeks, a couple of months at home with her family because mom belongs to us? No, my, my, mom belongs to the state. That's what mom belongs to. It. And, and mom made that decision when she made her decisions. So, I mean, you mad at anybody. You should, should be mad at mom. You know, my, my mom did some crazy stuff. You know, I, I don't even feel, you know, and, and I'm usually a compassionate guy, but I don't even feel no compassion for this. Um, as, as much damage as she's done, now because she you reap what you sow. Now because you're dying, listen, there's going to be a time to die for all of us. So when we get on our sick bed, do we all go back to our parents' house or do we all go back to our children's house? No. You know, th- this is the bed that you made. Lie in it. You know, and now the son who does not know his mother, you want to have a relationship, well, go, go to the glass. Pick up the phone when you get to the glass and y'all talk about stuff. Y'all talk about the things that, that she missed, my football games, my, you know, my graduation. Y'all talk about that. You have to bond the relationship behind some glass because she's dangerous. And even when she went inside, she still wasn't remorseful. She still had other things going on. You know, she wasn't even trying to get on the bit of now. Now, I understand that God can use anybody. You know, but sometimes when you're in a situation, you find God. You know, you don't find God because you want him in your life. You know, sometimes you find God because you realize that's all I got right now. So who's to say that if she was better, she'd still be this preacher on the outside. She'd be released. In her mind, she wouldn't need that. No, I don't feel any remorse for the young lady. I'm sorry. All righty now. Uh, let's see what Brother Al got to say. Good morning, Brother Al. Good morning, morning. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I'm all right, thanks. How are you doing over there? Uh, well, you know I do. The good Lord tapped me on the shoulder, told me to get up, and I got up. 
I had to yell at the kids, tell them to hush up because I heard you told me to listen in. So I had to take off my belt and say, I need everybody quiet. I need everybody quiet right now. Not now, right now. <laughs> so I had to stop talking. I need right, right. You couldn't miss any part of this story. You couldn't miss that. I mean, a minute part of this story. So, Brother Al, yes. should she be able to go home, spend these last moments with her family? She's feeble. She can't really move. She's just about dead. Or should she does the punishment fit the crime and she stay right on in there and do her time? Well, you know, as listening to the story, even before you got to the other stuff, I was saying she should stay in. You know, um, people started saying, feeling sorry for her and stuff like that. And one thing I learned, people will always do that when it's not on your side. So you're just a man. I'm listening. Then after when I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, really? She should stay in. Because, again, you know, I'm thinking about my family member. Somebody brutally did this to my family member, and my family gone. And now you, you, and you did just you did a whole bunch of years, and now you want to come home and get the enjoyment of being with your family, and I can't enjoy being mine. No, I'm sorry, I don't feel sorry for you. No, no, you need to do your time. And people quickly say that, oh, I feel sorry, for you. but if it was your family member that you did that stuff to, now what? So no, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't feel sorry for you. You need to do the time, all and it's your right. own way out. What'd you say? What'd you say? I continue to finish all the time out. Finish it out. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you kindly, Brother Al. All right, Shantice. It's on you. Wow. Wow. Um, I would, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I would be with the parole board and the governor. Like, yeah, no. I'm sorry. Um, Not that I understand, you know, where the family is, is coming from. However, listen, what isn't the infirmary a hospital? That's what it is, right? A hospital in the jail? Well, let, the, let the family members one by one go and see her for two minutes. If she's been good for the past four or five years, she's at this point, then you allow supervised, you know, it can't be the whole family at once, but if you clear one family member a week or something like that, you know, because she's a little older or something and because she's having these multiple stages if she's been on good behavior. But as far as letting her go home, nah. Because what would you say then as a governor, forget the parole board, what would you say then if this situation arises with another inmate next year? So-and-so is 20 and they got the flu. They should be able to come home. And No, unfortunately, we, we cannot allow <laughs> that wage. I mean, the fact that she's a prisoner alone and then for the reasons why she's there, because my mind went to the, the vet, someone said it, but that's what my mind went to first. So what happens when, because you can't fake this. This, you can't fake. You can fake a cold, you can fake the You can't fake all the stage four cancer and all that. But what if now you come home, we're sitting here watching a show right now with a guy done bust out the hospital with a colostomy bag and a limp, and he is now taking revenge on everybody who had to do with him getting shot saying is, oh, I keep asking is, how are you doing all this with a colostomy bag? We're watching a specific drama, crime drama. However, people really have this type of mindset. 
You know, so uh, unfortunately, I would be a, a no also. And, you know, if the powers that be decided that they would allow one family member at a time, you know, to see her and that's it, it wouldn't be a revolving thing. Meaning I got to see her in September and in then February, and I get to see her in October. It would just be a one-shot deal. But as far as letting her go home, no. All righty. Well, that was a unanimous no. <laughs> wow. Listen, where are my people at? Come on, weigh in on this. Is there anybody out there, you know, who has an opinion? And I already got one. I already got one. We got one that said no with a whole bunch of O's. <laughs> but, you know, if you're listening, you know, give us a holler. You know the number. And uh, you can call in, 516-387-1358. Again, that number is 516-387-1358. And let us know how you feel. Let us know if you feel, you know, hey, hey, you know, she's she's helped to save lives, so now you want to give her back a life or whatever it is, or keep her in there, whichever one you feel. You let us know. Let us know how you feel. All right. I have... One that's a lot more minor than this, but it's one with the continuation to Vivian's story yesterday in the Socially Conscious. So here we are. We have all the migrants <laughs> who have camped outside of the hotel because they did not want to be relocated to um, the Brooklyn Red Hook facility that they just recently put up. They have made it clear, and not that they don't owe anybody any explanation, but they've made it clear that you have an issue with the ones who are in the hotel. They have kind of, you know, put the families there, not the single men. The single men have been, they fixed up this Red Hook facility for them. Well... They decided, you know, I don't care. I'm going to camp out here because I'm going to mandate that you pay attention to me. I have a voice, and I'm protesting. Now, again, like I said yesterday, you just got here. What kind of, A, rights do you have? B, you ain't even got a, a, a card, so an ID card. So if they arrest you, they don't even know who you are. Um. My other thought was, okay, I'm having a problem with when they said they were sending 30,000 people over here per month from these four countries. The problem I was having was all you said was you were going to do a background check and they had to have a sponsor. That was the only requirement, if you remember. My issue was, well, what happens when you come over here and you become a criminal? Well, guess what? They have just become criminals. In my opinion, they've just become a criminal. You out here protesting. You're going to mandate somebody to listen to you. You don't even have credentials yet. You are a criminal. Well, does the punishment fit the crime? They said the uh, NYPD, city workers, sanitation workers, we're out there breaking the crowd up. Yes. 
they were like, no, you cannot stay here. You getting up from off this, this concrete. You are being evicted from the sidewalk, pretty much. They say that some of them decided give in and be bused back to the shelter over in Red Hook, Brooklyn. There were others who decided that they were going to further bunker down on the sidewalk. And they had others, a couple of others, they say ran off. So now you got the crazies, along with our crazies, running around town. So they said for those who went to, to Red Hook, okay, you good. They're saying that those who bunkered down, they bunkered down too. The riot squad, ha! <laughs> was on the scene and took all their stuff, uprooted them, along with the city workers and the sanitation department employees. And they got them from out of there. From off the um from off the the, the, the uh the sidewalk. So they will make sure and continue to go through to make sure that these asylum seekers do not cause any more issue from that action. If they see you bunkered up somewhere, you getting up and getting up out of there. They are not, they are not tolerating it. They say they were out there yelling, this is a lie. Uh, you said we were going to have this. We're here now. So you owe us. They said, yeah, we owe you. Get up from out of here. We pro- we pu- we fulfilled our, our oath. We took an oath to make sure you had a shelter to be in, and we're going to take you to the shelter if you want to. So they put them on a bus. Those who were willing to go, they put them on a bus, and they took them on out to Brooklyn. The other ones... Uh, they didn't meet with such happy results. So my question becomes, again, does the punishment fit the crime? And I only got you for a couple of minutes, uh, Tamika, so I'm going to ask you first, does the punishment fit the crime? Should they have been wiped off the street or left there to camp out and make their point? No, um, they should have been wiped off the street. The the, the sad part about it is um, it, the way that I'm looking at it, it's more our fault. We're to blame because we didn't do what we were supposed to do to begin with. You know, I, I keep, I'm, I, I've been saying it before and I'm going to keep saying it. We should have had some type of thing in plan. Get these people, you can get more people working. You know, you can you can employ some people that are looking for work because of what's going on. You know, um, somebody that knows how to do home renovation. You know, somebody that knows how to clean. You know, somebody who's really good with cleaning and setting things up. You know, and, you know, getting these abandoned buildings. You know how long I've been looking. There's buildings right in my neighborhood. I've been looking at this building. It's been abandoned almost all my life, you know, and we didn't do our part. You know, now 
you got extra stuff. Now you got people who are not uh, trained to take care of these people, you know, to, to move. But now you got trash people, you know, uh, sanitation workers, forgive me, sanitation workers and, and, and other people who are not trained to take care of these people trying to clean the streets because you didn't do what you were supposed to do to begin with. All righty now, all righty. Brother Al, what we talking about here? Does the punishment fit the crime? Should they have been allowed to stay for as long as they were willing to stay out there? Or should they have been moved along and off that curb? And move them off the curb. You know, I've been saying this for the longest. I look at how we do things, like like uh, Tamika said. You know, we got our own people here. And it's not to be mean, but we got our own people here that's going through so much. And you you do nothing to help them at all. And then you sit here and allow 30,000 immigrants to come over here and you're taking care of them and you're doing that. It's like a slap in the face. And then with these immigrants coming over, how you know some of them are not criminals? They they leave it from there to come over here to be bigger criminals. You know, that's just like you sitting at home and your children hungry, but you go out and feed somebody else's kids and don't feed yours. You know, I, 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 I'm totally against it. I, don't, I know people get mad and that's your business. But you take care of home first. So, yeah, get them off the curb. Get up out of here. Then you got the gall, the gall to sit there and talk about you got a voice. What voice? You can't even speak English. What are you talking about? You ain't got a card. You ain't got a social security number. What are you talking about? You got a voice. See, stuff like that type of stuff make me mad. Well, you got a voice for what? You don't even have a car. You can't even vote. What are you talking about? You got a voice. See, I'd be mad out there. See, I'd be mad kind of stuff. I'd be mad. But, yeah, get him up off the curb. Get him up off the curb. Yeah, I said it. Get him out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, I, like I said since the other day, I've been saying y'all ain't even got an ID card yet. You have no place for these people to even mail you an ID card, right. and already you coming over here. No you know, picture ID, nothing. Huh? I said they ain't got no picture ID or nothing, and right. they ain't got the goal. Like I told you, like I told you, I got a, I got a friend who works for a public assistant. And she's been working there for like 25 years. And she said she'd never seen nothing like this. Like her supervisor came to them and was like, yo, when these people come in, they don't have much. Just okay them. Just, just okay them. So they're getting the food stamps and everything else. When somebody else who lives here, who got all the paperwork, oh, you make too much. Or, you know, yeah. well, here's $5 of food stamps. She got three kids. What you going to do with $5? Yep. Crazy. That's the way it's going down. That's the way it's going down, Brother Al. Woo. I'm with you. I'm mad too. I'm mad too. All right, Shantice. What we talking about here? Does the punishment fit the crime? Did they overreact? Where is this Adams guy? Why wasn't he out there formulating the line and getting things in order? Isn't he one who who signed whatever to get them over here? He out there. Why is a sanitation worker who's just supposed to have a smooth I pick it up and put it down, y'all. Now I have to be out there playing Joe Cart. This, this is, I'm so tired of hearing about these unwanted people. And again, you, you put your foot in your mouth because I knew that as American citizens, those of us who are from here originally, we would 
we would hate this idea. And you weren't even smart enough to make sure that everything ran smoothly. The first three months happening. Now you have them the residents in that area. How do you think the people who live over there feel that they got to come outside and watch these people have a slumber party on a sidewalk? Like, this is dumb. This is dumb. So there's no one out there doing damage control. Like you said, Pastor Steph, half of them done ran away and fled. Now, now we got foreign fugitives running around the five boroughs. So how are we supposed to feel comfortable? Because it takes nothing to get from Brooklyn to Queens, from Queens to the Bronx, from the Bronx to Harlem. Not like us in Queens could say, oh, okay, well, that's only in Brooklyn. Thank God. No. Well, I see somebody run past me real fast, and I got to see what was that. Is that one of them? It's just too much. It's just dumb. It's just like... Come on, yo, like, why? Or, or, people somebody's bodega and now they running it. I don't, yo, where is this Adams guy? You need to be knocking on his, on his, everybody find out where he lives. You see how everybody was up at that White House? Everybody needs to stand outside his house and knock on his door. Um, excuse me, hi. Okay, wait, before you uh, brew that coffee, we need you over here. You, you, you got to handle this. Like, like, you okay? You said okay. It ain't okay. Four fugitives run past me yesterday, and now I'm uneasy. And why should I be uneasy, and I didn't okay this? I have to make sure that they, this hits home for them. It doesn't hit home for them. That's why they say okay. They don't live in Red Hook. They don't live anywhere where they put these people. Now, it has to, someone has to sit down and really formulate a plan as to how this is now going to be brought to their front door, because this, this is just stupid. They got another unanimous move them off the curb. Regardless of whose fault it is, move them off the curb. Regardless of what you thought when you got here, move them off the curb. Ah, my due time crew, boy, it's been some kind of conversation today. Thank you so much for your contribution, and we pray you have a blessed day. You do too. Have a blessing. You too. Keep your eyes open. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor Charlotte was on as a listener today. She's not able to talk. She's well, but she can't talk. Um, but I know she was chomping at the bits. Man, <laughs> we may have to give her her own segment just to talk about this here. Because I know my Pastor Charlotte, she got a whole lot to say. About this here Well I'll give you my feedback As to whether I'll, you know, I'll weigh in When we finish Holding hands And holding hearts Our great God <laughs> Our Lord in heaven Our protector Our shield Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and, yep, we're still saying thank you first. Thank you because only because of your mercy and grace, we even have a voice today. When when the times when we should have been silenced, you kept our voices going, and we say thank you, God. 
Thank you for just being so merciful, offering so much grace to allow us to still work toward getting to know you better. Thank you for giving us another opportunity to correct our wrongs and make it right, God. Oh, Lord, we have just talked about so much today. And we want to lift up all of these individuals to you. Lord, the family whose husband and father who was supposed to be protecting them intentionally dropped them into the ditch, God. We just pray that you cover his mind, cover his heart, cover his spirit, that he would be remorseful as he thinks about what his responsibility was to this 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 family that he willingly um, put into motion, and ultimately, what he how he tried to kill them. We pray to Heavenly Father that he would find you in all of that madness and chaos in his head. Lord, we ask you to be with the family where these children are old enough to understand. The wife was old enough to understand what her husband was doing and how he tried to kill her and the children. We ask you, God, to just heal them. Heal them in a great way, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we're coming to you on behalf of um, these uh, other individuals, who we have spoken about today, God. The mother who is fighting just to have what you have given her. She's labeled as a Christian mom. So she's trying to just set her child on the right path, train the child up in the way he should go. And Lord, as always, we're meeting with much opposition. So, Lord, as she's moved the child out of the school, God, we pray that her eyes and her ears would be open for any futuristic problems. This is a world who is mandating that we live by their terms. But we ask you to bless her life, God, as she's taking a stand to live for you. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we're grateful that even the woman who had the baby with the with the IUD in his hand, that there was no problems or complications for either mother or child because that could have been something that could have gone wrong. So we say thank you for looking out and watching over them, God. Lord, and we're praying for this woman who has uh, committed such a heinous um, crime, crimes, in her life, but who is now leaving here in a very uncomfortable manner. Your hand is in this. Your allowance is over this. So, Lord, we ask that your will be done, that as she has just rethought about, you know, what she's done and she's helped so many other women that she would even find some level of comfort, even staying inside of the jail at this point in her health. 
And we ask that you give the family comfort to understand that the punishment has met the crime. We can't necessarily turn it around to our convenience that we think about the things that we do. And unfortunately, when we don't, this is the kind of uh, result we get. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to be with every individual who is here. They came here thinking they were going to be in the land of milk and honey. And now they're seeing a very different side. We don't know what you have here for them. We don't know what ultimately is going to happen with all these people. We don't even know how we're going to be affected outside of this is coming out of our pockets, that it's going to be scarce for the Americans. But the one thing I love about you, God, you are our father who is rich in houses and land. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us. And as long as we live according to you, you have the last say over our life. You have the last say over our wealth. You have the last say over our health. You will have us prosper in a poor land just because you said so. Thank you for introducing yourself to us where we may not have been on this side of the fence, but we would be on the other side, just as hopeless as the asylum sleekers. But we're not hopeless. We have so much to look forward to. We have so much that you can do, things far, far beyond even our understanding or where we could even figure it out or even think that you could take care of this. So we pray, God, that you help us stand our ground. We pray, God, that you help us to just stay faithful to you, committed to you, that we don't get all out of sorts and worried and start doing things that you would not approve of. We ask you, God, that you keep us safe here as these people are running around desperate. We don't know what frame of mind they're in. But again, we know that you do have the last say. Thank you. Thank you for even reminding us of that. We appreciate it, God. And we give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name. We pray that everybody who's listening would be blessed, would rethink the things that they may have thought, would accept you, they will learn to lean on you in a way that they never thought of doing before just because of what we present and how we present you, just because we've allowed you to use us. We thank you, God. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mm-mm-mm. Well, well. So let me weigh in on the migrants. Um, the asylum seekers, um, I too. Okay, so here's here's my thought. I'm looking at their thought process in coming here and all that they are expecting. And 
my personal feeling is even though you have gotten here and it's not what you thought, nobody made you come here. We don't owe you nothing. You have, in other words, you have not done anything to even receive what you thought. Oh, what you thought you were entitled to. Where does this sense of entitlement come from where we say, you promised me, and now you didn't fulfill your end of the deal, and now I'm, I'm the one at a loss. You didn't invest anything here. You didn't come here and work. And then when when you didn't get a paycheck, now you have a grievance. You came here for free. Your shelter, despite how you don't feel, you, it, it's 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 satisfactory. It's free. You're eating for free. The benefits that you will get will be for free. Go sit down somewhere. Go sit down somewhere because where you're opting to sit on a cold ground because you don't feel that this is, 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 is meeting your expectations. There are people from here who have contributed who must be on that cold ground. So I feel no sympathy. I don't care what you've been promised. I don't care how much. And I agree 100% with Tamika. This is our fault. This is our fault. All of this is our fault. All of this is our fault. However, I'm sorry. No. Go sit down somewhere. Now it's the people of New York. It's the people of Cincinnati. It's the people of, you know, Jersey. It's the people in California, in Michigan, all over this nation who is now suffering at the hands of these people and the government because these people are running wild. No, I'm sorry. I don't feel sorry for you. You make it work. You know what? My thing is I'm sure they've got a return option. You got here. It didn't look like you were going to get what you thought you deserved, get back on the boat, get back on the bus, get back on the plane, walk, swim, whatever you got to do to get back to this place where you feel we're so much better than America. And you have been uh, 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 so uh, uh, mistreated, and, and, and uh, this is the word I'm looking for, misinformed. And and you got your hopes up, and now somebody then broke your you know your feelings. As for Mama, was already spent forty six years in jail. You know she's she's dying from from stage four cancer. She has um, it's in her brain, all over her body. She can't move without a walker or a cane. Um. You know, her family has been without her. Her 49-year-old son, you know, got a chance to see her last when he was three um, on the outside. Woo-woo. You were sentenced according to your crime. If they begin to start sentencing people to life in prison, and then at the tail end of their life, they start making adjustments, 
then we won't be forever in trouble. Because as was said, you can't make concessions for one, but because some and, and when somebody else's issue comes up, you got to make concession for them because you didn't did it for for Mary, John, and Joe, and now you're trying to figure out how you know well which one was worse and you know no 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 you were sentenced to life because she could have been sentenced to death. Back in 1976, when she committed this crime, laws were much different back then. She could have been sentenced to life. And, and I'm sorry, to death. When you were stabbing this woman in her head, can you imagine having heroin and bleach run through your veins? And you have no choice. Somebody shoots you. And because they miss, they're going to shoot two, three more times. She didn't stop there. She then went to the one who uh, participated in the group torture and murder. And she murdered her in her bathroom, shooting her, what, nine, ten times? You didn't stop there. As Pastor Kia said, you weren't remorseful. You went in jail. And you were a menace in there. You know, of course, the, 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 the uh, what you call them, they're going to talk about the lawyers, they're going to talk about how, you know, she had a single household and, you know, she was brought up in this type of environment. Yo, at one point, you're going to have to think about there's always a decision that you make. You made your decision. You, you were given freedom to make a decision. You made it. Now eat it. And unfortunately... A whole lot of them have died with AIDS and eight, uh, 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 um, cancer and all other kind of diseases and health issues when it was time for them to go in jail. That's what, that was your sentence, that you would die in jail for the heinous behavior you had on the concrete. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it, eat it. Maybe with this, more people will uh, think about it, and they won't do it. So sorry. Let all those women give God thanks that you came across their path while you were in jail, while they were in jail, and you were able to draw a life to Christ or help to turn somebody around. That's what you just ought to have done that based on the, the trauma that these families felt that you did what you did in 1976. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for coming through big time, and I want to thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Uh, please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now or strengthen that relationship with him right now because later is not promised to us. Until tomorrow, where it's Freestyle Friday, God spares our life. I love you.